Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. This is Rich Wilgus. And John Tallarico. And we are here. And gigantic, bloody vegetarians. Yep, we're definitely that. I'm ten feet tall. I breathe fire. And you eat M1 Abram <laughs> tanks for <laughs> breakfast. Right. For lunch, he ate the Titanic. It's not commonly known, but that's really the reason the Titanic, uh, the Titanic is at the bottom of the, uh, the Atlantic. <laughs> Yeah. John has a large appetite for iron. Yeah, the the old iceberg thing was a cover up. <laughs> you don't even look that old, though. I mean, I didn't know if you were around in 1912, but I guess you were. Well, I was only like a little fetus, but you know, <laughs> you were very young, very young. I was an angry fetus. So you know, I read something today that made me laugh, and it's not what you're thinking. <laughs> what is that? Well, on the way over here, I stopped at the drugstore really quick to grab uh, some stuff you buy at drugstores. Drugs? Uh, no, no, no. It was like nail clippers and um, what was it? I don't know. Uh, anyway, yeah. And uh, the Weekly World News had a great headline. It said, 10 New Commandments Found." So I just wanted <laughs> oh, to just wanted to make you aware of that in case you needed to dig into that and do a little research and you know add that to your uh, your disciplines. Thou shalt not double dip. <laughs> That's that was an entire Seinfeld episode. <laughs> right. What's and going on? Anything new? In, involved a lot of George Costanza. Oh, of course. So what's new? New, all kinds of new stuff. Nothing. What are you doing no, this week? Not really. The, uh, this week? I mean, within a week or so. Um, doing anything interesting? No. Nothing. Just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, nothing terribly exciting. <laughs> but I'll talk about it when I get back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Richie will be traveling. Yeah, I'm going somewhere. Not very far though. I'm just gonna walk down to the corner store. So I sent Rich this link, and that's what we were talking about. You know, when he said uh, that it's probably not what I'm thinking. That's funny that he saw. Uh, I sent Rich this link, and, you know, the Internet's got these wacky things on it, and, uh, you know, I'm, I usually pick up on them after everyone else knows about them, but uh, check it out. It's ChuckNorrisFacts.com. Things that nobody really knew about Chuck Norris until this website came Not out. Not even he knew them, actually. That's right. That's what I was making reference to with the uh, the M1 Abrams tank or, or uh, being 10 foot tall, because apparently Chuck Norris is 10 foot tall. Go to this website. It's hilarious. I was I was literally crying. I, I saw this at work the other day, and I was literally crying. Tears were rolling down my eyes. People didn't know what was the matter with me uh, other than the normal stuff. But um, I want to read a few of these things because – and I'm going to try to get through them as, as – Without laughing out loud. <laughs> without laughing, because I think it's worth noting. And if you don't think it's funny, then there's something really wrong with your brain. Here's a few things. Uh, Chuck Norris's favorite cereal is Kellogg's Marbles and Gravy. <laughs> Okay, there's no there's no laugh track, so it's not that funny. I got one. Okay. When Chuck Norris does a push-up, he isn't lifting himself up. He's pushing the earth down. That's right. This is a great one. When Chuck Norris falls in water, Chuck Norris doesn't get wet. Water gets Chuck Norris. It's true. I've seen that. <laughs> when God said, let there be light, Chuck Norris said, say please. <laughs> Chuck Norris can believe it's not butter. 
Chuck Norris can slam a revolving door. <laughs> Chuck Norris has the greatest poker face of all time. He won the 1983 World Series of Poker, despite holding only a Joker, a get-out-of-jail-free Monopoly card, a two of clubs, seven of spades, and a green number four card from the game of Uno. <laughs> According to Einstein's theory of relativity, Chuck Norris can actually roundhouse kick you yesterday. <laughs> Most people have 23 pairs of chromosomes. Chuck Norris has 72, and they're all poisonous. <laughs> If at first you don't succeed, you're not Chuck Norris. <laughs> it just goes on for five pages. I mean, well, I have two that actually I like. Okay, so I don't know if you want to do any more, but I've got Chuck Norris's virgin version of a chocolate milkshake is a raw porterhouse wrapped around ten Hershey bars and doused in diesel fuel. <laughs> In a fight between Batman and Darth Vader, the winner would be Chuck Norris. <laughs> And the last one on my list is one of my favorites because everyone knows how I feel about these infernal things. The phrase dead ringer refers to someone who sits behind Chuck Norris in a movie theater and forgets to turn off their cell phone. <laughs> oh, man. Chuck Norris. Good stuff. Who knew that Chuck Norris would have such a resurgence? Right. I mean, what was the last film he was in that made more than $10 at the box office? Uh, I don't know. Probably the best films he's been in were the Bruce Lee ones. <laughs> That's quite a while ago. Well, he took his shirt off and he looked like a grizzly bear. <laughs> yeah, he, he was a little hair suit, wasn't he? <laughs> he was. Um, he was on uh, the uh, Tony Danza show, I think, yeah, recently. That's right. yeah. And uh, he was laughing at all of them. He's a good sport about it. And um, apparently, because they're all flattering, he's going to let the website live. Well, maybe because they're all true. He doesn't really want to. He, he doesn't want to lose, lose in court if he tries to fight these guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hadn't oh, thought about that. Oh, man. So, yes, go see ChuckNorrisFacts.com. I think Good it's stuff. some of the funniest stuff I've read in a while. Yeah. I, I literally laugh out loud at so many of them. And there's five pages of yes. them. And they're long pages. Yep, yep. Anyways, we got a tune. We have Tune Edge, someone we've uh, featured before. This is uh, the band Bill. And, and the song is called Watercolors. Oh, 
Nice tune. I like those guys. Yeah, they can write some songs. The other tune they played was sort of piano-driven, wasn't it? Yes, it was. One, the one we played a couple of months ago? Yep, yep. Good stuff. Actually, got something in the email from them uh, that apparently they emailed to all podcasters who played any of their music, and uh, they offered us the opportunity to download their new album for free. Yay! And I suppose with that, we get to play any songs we want, I would think, right? Yep, they said they were making that whole album pod-safe. That's, like, totally cool. Yep, because they're good musicians. It's not just some hacks making, yeah. making something pod safe. They're good. They're very good. I like them a lot. Yeah. Recording sounded great, too. I also emailed our friends in the Irish band Stout. 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 And uh, they're sending me a copy of their CD, and they're going to uh, let us play anything we want off of it. And yeah. uh, I like those guys. They got a great sense of humor. Yes, they do. They appreciated us playing their music as well. So what's next? What's on the agenda? The agenda. Well, I was checking out what's going on in the, the world of rights and freedoms, and it uh, looks mm. like we're continuing to have some of our rights and freedoms uh, eroded. Eroded. Erosion? Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, mm. The first one Imagine is that. the Department of Justice is apparently trying to force Google to give up all of its goods, meaning their entire database of links and searches. Um, and they're probably going to try to get information about the the tracking cookies that the people have on their on their systems who's doing what searches they really want to have google give up their entire database and i want to say this again because it's important their entire database of links that will be returned and all of the searches that were performed between certain dates i think it's about a month that they're asking for and that boy that's yeah. an awful lot of data yep and they what are they going to do put that on a usb stick i mean how is that going to work they're going to be a five and a quarter inch floppy i think yeah um, they've also asked. Floppies. Remember those? <laughs> yes, you put them in a washing machine. <laughs> yeah. um, they've also asked AOL, MSN, and Yahoo, who all three of those organizations complied. They yielded. They yielded, and Google said, no, we're not going to do it. Good for them. Yeah, and uh, we had this discussion earlier, but um, the the reason Google's doing it, the, the grounds that they're refusing to do this, is that they don't want to give up trade secrets because the combination of all of the links that are stored in their database and all the searches and how those links will be returned is essentially saying, how does Google categorize things and how do they return those searches? That's their engine. That's the core of their business. Yeah, and they, I mean, despite the fact that those other guys have given up this data Mm -hmm. for that period of time, I'd be willing to bet that most people use Google for searches. So the, the overwhelming majority of data is probably Google's. Yes. So I think it's great that they're not giving it up. I mean, I just keep hearing all this stuff in the news about how apparently uh, there's some public opinion polls that they don't mind the fact that the NSA has mm-hmm. been illegally spying on people. That's and right. I mean, it's just it's just it's so indicative of how powerful the the propaganda machine is by this administration. Apparently, people still don't even know that Bush lied about everything he's ever said since he's been in office. <laughs> they still believe all this crap. I think, he, I think he said he loves his wife, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he does. So not maybe not everything. Yeah, I don't know. Can it, you prove his, he loves his wife? Well, no, I can't. So it's in question. As but far maybe as I'm if we concerned. check Google's facts, they probably could tell you if he loves his wife. That's I why mean, they want to do it. We're here. We're back at the Zimmerman thing, you know, where he said. Once these infrastructure are, infrastructures are in place, they don't go away. And if a truly evil government, you know, gets takes power or gets elected, huh, 
to power. Uh, they have these tools, these resources at their disposal, and we're there. I mean, we're there. Mm-hmm. These these guys are are using these tools to spy on their political enemies, and this this charge has been levied. Actually, this this shot was fired today, or or yesterday by some uh, House Democrats. I think they have some evidence that Bush isn't actually using this, and this NSA isn't actually using these searches to find terrorists or whatever they claim right. they're trying to do. They're, they're spying on their political enemies, and they're spying yep. on people like you and me because occasionally I've been known to spout off tirades <laughs> against George Bush on this show. Shh. Yeah. He's Except, a very nice man, and I'm sure he would make a great neighbor. I'm sure he would make a Just wonderful neighbor. Just trying to cover neighbor, all the bases here. But I don't think he makes a particularly <laughs> uh, astute president. No, I, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm, when I say these things, I'm just trying to cover all the bases because I want to make sure that it's on record that uh, th- these are all Rich's opinions. Anything that happens is Rich's fault. I'm out of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, 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 the argument that Thank I've been hearing. I'm sorry. So <laughs> Thank that, you were, for your support. Did you hear that bus running over Rich? <laughs> um, no, the, the, the thing that I've been hearing also is if you've done nothing wrong, then you have nothing to worry about. I cannot stand that. I'm so that. tired of that. I, am, I cannot stand that argument. I'm sorry, but the price of freedom is not being watched. The price of freedom is sometimes we do things that, that might be dangerous, or sometimes the government's not going to be able to knock down our door and say, there's a terrorist under your bed. I, I'm sorry. I'm not going to say that, that my freedom is just for sale. My freedom is just handed to people. You don't truly have freedom in a in a country or a society until even the most heinous opinions are tolerated. That's I exactly guess there's right. the, I'm paraphrasing some famous revolutionary quote, you know. Yeah, you might not like what someone's got to say, but that person doesn't necessarily have to be arrested because they think yeah, something that you don't they, like. They're not a criminal yeah. for disliking their president. Yes. So good for Google. I really hope they win this and I, I'm just, it's so exasperating. It's so frustrating. I just want to scream out loud, but I'm not going to do it here because I don't want to hurt my ears. I don't want to distort the tape record. I don't want to mess up the recording. Yeah. And I think that everyone should support organizations like the Electronic Frontier Foundation who are the EFF.org. Yes, yes. And I've even just recently put up a, a link on our site to go to, to see them and to possibly donate to them and, and read what they're they're working on. We have a site. Uh, I think as of yesterday, it's still there, I think. Oh, oh, uh, wow. I, I guess I didn't look at the site today. I did not see an EFF link. Holy cats, Batman. Yep, it's on the front page. Um, there's That's also, a good idea. Yes, it is a great idea because there's a lot of good people who work there, um, like Larry Lessig. Um, we love Larry Lessig. Yep. Boy, what a great guest he would be. I would he love would be to our, him online. He would be our Coop Detat guest. <laughs> he would be a Coop de Gracie. <laughs> um one other thing that they're working on recently, because someone is trying to introduce, and and I and I'm going to have a link to the information about this as well. They're trying to introduce the broadcast flag again. Mm. And if you don't know what the broadcast flag is, it's basically it, it was a, a failed attempt in the past, but it's uh, basically the the government trying to say, well, you know, we've got all these great people in Hollywood and and the broadcast industry, and they've got such great content, and it's all theirs, and they should be able to determine who can see it, when, and how. Um, you know, that all sounds nice, right? Except for they're trying to enforce that by making any person making a device that can play media have to check a certain bit within uh, the, the content that they're playing to see if it's okay for them to play it. So they're, they're forcing every manufacturer, uh, or they're trying to force every manufacturer of, of uh, media playing devices to comply and protect the rights of these uh, broadcasters or, or content developers. It's another kind of DRM. Yes, it's exactly it, but it's enforced by the government, I right? Mean, and that's what's scary. 
Yeah, and as is often pointed out, as Schneier, Bruce Schneier, uh, for those of you who aren't aware, he's a security expert, runs a company called Counterpain. I've heard a bunch of interviews with him on NPR and a recent article that you pointed out to me. What was that on? Boing Boing? Boing Boing, yeah. Anything digital is copyable. Yes, yep. the most simple of computer users may be foiled from being able to copy bits. But if it's digital and it's in the form of bits, because those are mutually exclusive, aren't they? Oh, no, never <laughs> mind. If it's digital, it can be copied. And there are talented people out there who are going to figure out ways to circumvent the copy protection. Not saying that that's right, but it's going to happen. And I think they do need to address those business models. And they need to start taking the fact that nothing digital is not copyable as true. There's like so many negatives in there. I can't I know. I, I, I had to think about that too. <laughs> We're going to play that back four times to understand it, but I think I know what your intent is. <laughs> well, what, what was the example they gave in that Boing Boing article? It's yes. the equivalent of some business saying, live, setting up their business on the side of a volcano and saying you have to pass laws that make my factory volcano proof or something no they're 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 saying that that they're demanding the government um essentially enact lava protection it's the the argument's great and they make a great argument in there and they describe this as well it's not just you know a a a clever little pun talking about business and lava and volcanoes the the real point it's, it's that it is clever yeah but the real point that they're trying to make is everything's going to be stagnant if the government keeps trying to keep things the way they are for the for the sake of these these companies for the well the, and the the volcano is a great analogy too because of the torrent the 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 torrential amount of this that's going on you know they're comparing the 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 copying of digital media with an onslaught of a volcano's lava right. which is kind of unstoppable I mean it goes where it wants to go it does what it wants to do and maybe Chuck Norris could stop it I'm not sure <laughs> Chuck but, Norris is the cause of the volcano don't even get started he it. may be able to stop it I mean <laughs> I, I really believe that well there's your answer Chuck Norris Chuck Norris needs to get with Hollywood I mean he's out there already right he's That's a right. huge huge star and he needs to sign up with the intellectual property holders and just roundhouse, just roundhouse kick, kick everyone <laughs> that's copying digital media no I, I think... I've never done that by the way <laughs> I think what's happening here, and the article I want everyone to read, it's very important. What's happening here is innovation is being stifled. It's a chilling effect. When you when you stop people from from innovating, and I'm not saying that pirates are innovators. What I'm saying is the people who are innovators are the ones who respond to piracy, who change their business model to the changing torrent of lava coming down the side of the mountain. They don't just sit there and say, our business is in danger. You must keep it pr- protected from all the laws of nature including human nature. Well, and I mean, there's another parallel we can kind of talk about here. The With the advent of Amazon.com or whatever you want to call it, all of this this online marketplace, if if it's okay for Hollywood to, to ask for this kind of uh, protection, why isn't it okay for malls, for example, to ask for the internet to be outlawed for that matter, right? Well, they're working on it, I'm sure. I mean, you know, the, the there are so many people shopping either via the internet or they're shopping like on QVC, for example. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess that's QVC phenomenon started to happen even a little bit before the internet shopping phenomenon. But there was a precursor to it. Yeah. So in other words, all it is is an evolving marketplace. And I'm not, as as some of uh, our listeners, one in particular knows, I'm not a big defender of the marketplace and market economies at all, but we live in one and and everything evolves, Mm -hmm. unless you're Pat Robertson. (laughs) And... 
QVC was an evolution of the marketplace that made, and it, it, it absolutely appeals to most Americans. I mean, it appeals to lazy people, right? So, oh boy, we're going to get a lot of letters. But I mean, you know, you can sit on your butt on the, your sofa and click channels and then call, you know, QVC's 800 mm-hmm. number and order your your What's cubic that? zirconium. Your cubic zirconium or that, that guitarist who dresses like Zorro. Esteban. <laughs> Esteban. Yeah. You can order your Esteban, your favorite Esteban CDs. I love Esteban. He plays like flamenco Beatles tunes and <laughs> makes millions. I mean, and he dresses like Stevie Ray Vaughan. He dresses like Zorro. Who's kidding who? <laughs> Come on, he's wearing well, a mask. He's wearing a hat. Zorro dressed like Stevie Ray Vaughan. <laughs> well, that's true. Although Stevie Ray didn't always wear black. This guy always wears black, and Zorro always wore black. But as they say, you know, in, in the in the military, lead, follow, or get out of the way. And and what's happening? Step is, up or step out. <laughs> evolve or die. I mean, these expressions right. are endless. Yep, and and you'll see that the businesses that do know where the marketplace is going, they participate. Look at Walmart. I'm not saying that Walmart's the greatest thing in the world. But because they, they're not. Be, but you know what? They realize that people want to shop online. So they put Walmart.com together, and well, you can shop online. And they have an online competitor to iTunes That's and right. stuff like that. It's it's unfortunately where the market's going. You right. know, I like... I, I think I've said this before on a previous program, but there's a little shopping plaza in New Hartford called the New Hartford Shopping Center, all locally owned businesses, that gift shop that we yep. talked about. Um, um, Village Toy Stores there. Yeah, but what was the gift shop we talked about that one day? Uh, uh, one of my Reed favorites. Sheldon. Reed Sheldon is there, mm-hmm. and they're all basically locally owned and operated businesses, and they get my business anytime they can. I like going there. I mm-hmm. hate going to the malls. I love going to this place. You can actually, you know, they know your name when you go there. They get to know you. It's just a wonderful you place. You walk in and they say, Norm. Norm. Nami. And my whole food store is there. That's where. But anyway, yeah, I mean, you do need to evolve. If you're in this market and the market's evolving and you don't evolve, you're going to die. It's as simple as that. I mean, crying about it and asking for laws to get passed, eh, whatever. Yeah, and, and what was the, I mean, this is the same people who complained about VHS ruining theaters. <laughs> you kidding me? VHS saved the movie business. I'm sorry. It really did. And now, actually, it's funny you should mention that because I watched Ebert and Roper at the movies <laughs> last night. And there's a new movie distribution model that's being basically... I know where you're going. Um, uh, unleashed that like this weekend. Steven Soderbergh's movie. Yeah. Steven Soderbergh's new film is being released simultaneously on DVD, on cable, HBO or something or whatever, and in the box office at the same time in lots of... Of movie theater chains are boycotting the film because right. of that. Yeah, and they think that they're going to be losing business because of this whole new model. The reality is they've been losing business. The, the reality is some people like to sit and watch QVC and or watch the movie at home mm-hmm. as opposed to going to the theaters. I do like the cinematic experience for a lot of films. Exactly. Uh, uh, as I've mentioned on many shows, I go to the MWPA.org. Now, we're not going to give them any more plugs. Nope. I go to this this independent movie theater. Edit that out when you're, when you're done. I go to this dive movie theater in, you know, <laughs> in the seedy part of town down by the harbor and uh, go see movies. People got killed in that theater the other day, didn't they? I, they did. They <laughs> definitely did because I, I was there. I did it. No. I'm just kidding, of course. <laughs> and I haven't so killed am I. anyone in years. But yeah, so that's an interesting distribution <laughs> model, isn't it? You know, releasing on basically on every media at the same time. If I'm that's not right. mistaken, they're going to let us put it on the website for you to download. You know what? I think they're going to make a ton of money. I don't know about this film in particular, but they're going to make a ton of money. The reason why is because they the the DVD sales and the HBO, they can capitalize on all the marketing that they usually get just for the theater release. Exactly. 
And this, well, it'll be interesting to see how this film does. I'm not sure you can judge the experiment necessarily on this film. This film was called a masterpiece by by Siskel or Ebert and Roper. I'm sorry. The Soderbergh Siskel. film? The Soderbergh film was called a masterpiece. Well, good. By if it's Ebert a great and Roper. film, even better. Yeah, but a lot of films that are critically acclaimed aren't necessarily liked by the average movie listener. For example, The Station Agent. <laughs> Wonderful film. You and I loved it. Much yeah. love for The Station Agent. Wasn't a box office hit. But you see where I'm going with this. Yeah. You can't necessarily judge this business model on the one film. You need a bigger sample than that. No, but, but what it might do is take a film that would be critically acclaimed but wouldn't get a whole lot of hype and add more hype to it. It might do that. And yeah. it'll be interesting to see if that happens. So it's I had no intention of even talking about that. I didn't even think of it until yeah. we talked about evolving business models. Evolving conversations. Maybe. Yeah. So that's, that's what's really cool about our show. Normally nothing is cool about No, I like our show. <laughs> what's really cool about the show is that we show up and say, what, what are you going to talk about? And then it just real, happens. It's a real conversation. It actually evolves. And it's, it's, it's kind of cool. I mean, in fact, we're yeah. hopefully going to have a third party and maybe even a fourth to help evolve our conversations in the near future. Yeah. Not as a permanent, but we're going to have the occasional guest veggie on who's going to sit here and veg. And, and if the person's not a vegetarian, that's fine, too. They'll be an honorary vegetarian. No, they have to have to be a vegetarian for the duration of the show. I'm demanding. That is the rule. Well, it's going to be tough if they're coming to my house to do anything else than be a vegetarian. Yeah, so for the 40 uh, minutes or so that we do the show, you know, no Wendy's, no Burger King, no McDonald's, no chicken wings. Oh, when you said no Wendy's, I thought we couldn't invite anyone named Wendy. No, oh, we can invite Wendy's. Okay. Anyways, with that rant over with, I will rant. play some uh, angry music. We got more tunes, huh? Yeah, and this is a good one. What is it? Almond Sculpture by Reason Disappears. Cool. Let's check it out. Did you think that you could stop this cold like a brick wall countering a tennis ball thrown from the hand? A small child Did you think that you could stand up private at all?
Yeah. Now that was an amalgam. <laughs> Good word. I like that. Kind yeah. of, uh, what does that remind us of? Anything? It reminds me of a lot of things, but what I like about it is it's not just one strain of music. It's not one pure strain of music. They take a whole bunch of things, kind of like our conversation, and evolve it into something new. Yeah, it had like rap, stylistically, metal. it incorporates a lot of things. And there are some bands doing stuff like that, but they won't let us play their music. <laughs> Oddly enough. But yeah, these guys are just as good. Yeah. And we love them. We love them for everything they do, and we will probably play more of their stuff. We love them long time. <laughs> Wow, that phrase, you know, I'm not even going to get into it, but that phrase came up twice in conversation over the past three days, and I don't know why, and I haven't heard it for years. I, yeah, that's, is that from um, Full Metal FMJ? Jacket. Yeah. Full Metal Jacket? Tuboku, Tuboku. <laughs> hey, G.I. <laughs> uh, Classic Kubrick. Yeah. I, I only had one problem with that film. That it ended. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, I guess that would have been, I guess that would have been a problem, but my only problem with that film was that all of the actors that they picked, you know, Vietnam was full of a lot of young draftees. Mm-hmm. And most of the actors were, I, in my opinion, probably older than the average age of the people who were fighting in Vietnam. Oh, but beyond really? that, beyond the, the fact that, I mean, I can certainly get by that because it's a classic Kubrick work. It's brilliant. There's yeah. so many wonderfully Kubrickian scenes in there, too. Very Kubrick-esque. <laughs> Which is actually <laughs> that's a tautology, <laughs> exactly, and that's actually a uh, a segue into talking about a film that I saw at that rundown indie theater down by the wharf, where you go down there and you can get your knuckles <laughs> broken. Gang turf reminds me of that scene in the Hustler where he goes to hustle pool down by the wharf and gets his fingers broken. Oh. <laughs> that's a lot like what this theater is that I'm talking about. <laughs> Not really. When you're it's... down there, do you ever hear anyone calling out warriors come out to play? Play yay. Play yay. How weird is it that like this film comes out 25 years ago and they come out with a video game 25 years later? <sighs> a bad movie and a bad game. Anyways, your I film. I got to see the film again because I haven't seen it in so long. It's awful. I didn't say it was awful, but I, I'm interested in seeing it again. Actually, I absolutely loved the gang called the Baseball Furies. <laughs> they wore, like, pinstripe suits and had baseball bats as weapons. And I'm not condoning violence here. Just the fact that there was a gang that had a theme, a baseball theme. Un- not unlike Clockwork Orange. Exactly. Yeah, they were very <laughs> they much were like that. They were a gang and they had they? their own theme. The Droogies. Well, their suits were similar. And I bet at times the Clockwork Orange guys did use a cricket bat to, <laughs> That's to true. do violence. So to I saw their a film. Work. Saw a film called The Squid and the Whale at the org, and very excuse me, in a cup. Excuse me while I fill up my tiki head with some of my favorite Rosemount. What are we drinking today? It's the same old uh, swill that I've been passing around lately. It's the Rosemount uh, Shiraz. Yeah, this is, this is kind of the a standard, a standby, if you will. Yeah, if all else fails, I just chug this stuff. Just chug the Shiraz, the mm-hmm. Shiraz. So I saw a film called The Squid and the Whale, directed by Noah Baumbach, 2005, rated R, 80 minutes. Short film. It, yeah. By most film standards, it's short, and I generally don't like to go to movie theaters and see films this short, because I feel like they're jipping me. I want more time, damn it. I probably wouldn't even finish my Twizzlers by 80 minutes. Exactly. However, this 80-minute film was very uh, fulfilling. It, it, I definitely felt full after I saw it. Emotionally. Didn't I feel felt, like it was cut short. No, I, I think they did what they needed to do in the appropriate amount of time. And this film has a wonderful lineup as far as the cast goes. Jeff Daniels, uh, Laura Linney, 
Anna Paquin, uh, I believe the youngest Oscar winner mm-hmm. ever for the piano. She beat out, what's her name, from Paper Moon, who had been the previous young one, I think. Oh, I know who you're talking about, but yeah. the name escapes me. William Baldwin is in this playing the... Tatum some, O'Neill. Tatum O'Neill. Yeah. William Baldwin playing the somewhat past his prime tennis pro at the local tennis uh, <laughs> tennis place they go to play and get lessons and stuff like that. So what is this film about? It's, a, it's basically a film about the disintegration of a family through divorce. Classic story, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the divorce Unfortunately, raid, a classic yeah. story. The divorce raid, and I believe the tagline for this film is, shared custody sucks. <laughs> and yeah. how can you really argue with that, right? Yeah. So what is this film about? It is about two parents, both of whom are like, uh, have PhDs in literature, and they both teach. And one of them is, uh, has been writing, and earlier in his career was very successful. Jeff Daniels plays a guy who had written some pretty dense literature that was really highly regarded in hardcore literary circles, mm-hmm. but hasn't had anything published in a really long time. The wonderful Laura Linney plays his wife, who's only now beginning to write and getting recognition. So we have tension immediately, because yep. the husband is jealous now of his has wife. Has been and almost going to be. Yeah, yeah. He's the has-been, and she's a, a future star. And they have two children, and they sort of have this little family meeting. Uh, Come right home from school, the father says. We're going to have a family meeting tonight. And then they announce the fact that the parents are separating. And they have shared custody, and it's literally down the middle. Three days a week, three days a week, and then every other Thursday. You know, that's the way the parents mm-hmm. get it. So they're literally, within two weeks, they've each had the kids 50% of the time, and they're even sharing the cat. <sighs> what this leads to, though, is, you know, the classic um, acting out by the kids. You know, they're totally uncomfortable with the situation, and I'm not really going to describe how the kids act out. Well, <laughs> one of them is actually kind of funny. The eldest son has a talent contest at his school, and learns Hey You by Pink Floyd. <laughs> he goes on stage and says, I'm going to play a song for you that I wrote. <laughs> uh. And he plays Hey You by Pink Floyd, which is great stuff. You know, the, the wall is, talk about a, a masterpiece. That, uh, that is definitely a Roger Waters' masterpiece. Yeah, I, I would say that's Pink Floyd's masterpiece myself. I love, um, who's the guitarist? Now I can't think of his name. Dave Gilmore. Gilmore, wow, that guy can bend. What an amazingly mm-hmm. expressive player. Not a lot of notes, but every note he plays is perfect. Yeah, he's not the the speed metal kind of guitarist. No, he's he's not. He's a all about expression. Yeah, and he's he's absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. I saw them in '88 at the Carrier Dome. I was there. Row M or something. A friend of mine slept over at the box office. He used to be on my BBS. You remember a username Zebulon T? I uh, don't remember that. Larry no. Kenny was his name, and uh, he just he slept over like at the Dome box office and got floor seats for the Floyd. <laughs> and he goes, "I don't have anybody to go with. You want to go?" And I went, "Yeah, yeah." But anyway, um, so yeah, so these kids are acting out in various ways. The the eldest son who stole the Pink Floyd song is really acting out uh, in a very hateful fashion against his mom when he learns that the mom had been cheating on his dad at one point in the relationship. But at the same time, the dad... Well, actually, let me read for you the sentence of the review that describes the dad. He is described by this particular reviewer as a shamelessly self-pitying, grotesquely competitive, pompous cheapskate... And he is brilliantly played by Jeff Daniels. Who knew that guy could act? Who knew? I thought he was dumb or dumberer. He's one of the two. (laughs) He's actually amazing in this role. And the father is this pompous, pretentious literature snob, basically. And he's taught his son to be this way as well. And in fact, the the father and the son go to uh, some sort of writing seminar. And the son at one point is trying to impress a girl with his knowledge of of classic literature and he he goes on 
to describe a book that he's never read, and it's a book called Metamorphosis. <laughs> and he dis- to this woman to get laid, I guess, to impress this 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 woman, he describes Metamorphosis as very Kafka esque. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So if there ever was a tautology, it's that. Yep. And the other son, the youngest son, starts acting out by quite literally spreading his reproductive fluid all over his school. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he like literally masturbates and then spreads it over things. So Eesh. that's as vile as our show has ever gotten, I think. Eesh. All right. We're going to have to cut that. Suffice it to say, and they deal with this topic, though, in a very humorous way. You know, this is not a dead serious film. It's, you know, these scenes with the father being pretentious, a, a literature snob, are, are quite deadpan and funny. Mm-hmm. And they even deal with the son's reproductive issues mm-hmm. in a funny way you know the father at goes to the school and that the counselor is explaining to the father that they've found evidence of the, his son's activities all over the school for the past few weeks and the father says well it could be somebody else doing that <laughs> and the counselor goes yes yes i will admit that it is possible <laughs> that someone else is masturbating and spreading the reproductive fluid over the library books but we got to believe it's just your son at this point in time. Uh, well, the reviews I have heard about that, they sort of touched on that subject. Um, and they said, not unlike what you're you're describing, is that it could be something that was over the top or, or overly comical. But the way that they handled it, it made it feel a little bit more real than uh, than that. So, Well, it's a nice balance of seriousness because it's a deadly serious topic. I right. mean, the kids are always the victims of things like this. And they deal with it in a... In a a serious enough way, but yet you once told me that nothing is is beyond being made fun of. And this is actually many years ago. I deny that. <laughs> I And I'll tell you what happened. You had made a joke. Of, I'm not even going to say what the joke was. It's not off-color or anything terrible, but it, it's it, I didn't find it funny. And um, you had expressed the idea that nothing is beyond being lampooned. And, um, and, and maybe I'm more mature, but... I still kind of agree with that, but the reason why we use humor is to sort of mask pain or to help alleviate pain. Yeah, so. and I agree. I Well, there are some things that I would not make fun of, yet that film, that Spanish film that I saw, El Crimen Ferpecto, a few weeks ago, that film had the the bad taste to actually make fun of stuff that I wouldn't even make fun of, or you, I suspect. But nonetheless, that film was great, and this film is very good, and I would definitely recommend it, and uh, I, I think you will enjoy it. And if nothing else, the performances are amazing. Daniel's is really good. Again, I wasn't kidding when I said who knew, you mm-hmm. know? This guy's performance is amazing. And he's got that sort of um, professor-esque look. You know, he's got the full beard and he wears the coat with like... Pompous academic. Yeah, he looks like a pompous academic. And you wouldn't even know it's him if they didn't tell you, I suspect. And Anna Paquin has a small role in the film, but she's in there nonetheless. And Laura Linney is great in everything she does. And uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Owen Owen Klein play the, the sons. And William Baldwin plays the tennis pro who ends up becoming... Laura Linney's girlfriend after the separation. So there's all kinds of stuff going boyfriend, on in this film. Something like that, yeah. You well, know, a movie's not a movie unless there's a Baldwin in it. That's what I always say. And there's like four of them, isn't there? There's hundreds. They clone themselves. <laughs> there's even. more Baldwins than we need as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I've got more Baldwins than fingers or fingers <laughs> than Baldwins. Anyways. And every once in a while, they do a good film. <laughs> they do some great ones. So what? are we done? I, I don't know. Are we? I guess we're done. We're being cut off. You've been cut off, mister. No more <laughs> off-color jokes for you. 
I'll try to keep them to a bare minimum. Seven, yeah, and seven I would just like day. to point out that it was not a racial joke. It was not anything terrible that John said. It was it was just a joke. You know, I don't know. I didn't find it funny at the time, and uh, I took him to task. I've been taken. Consider yourself taken. Anyway, this is Richard Wilgus. And Ricky Ricardo. And you can check out our blog at www.bloodyveg.com. Send us feedback and cash and fruitcakes and wine, potato pancakes. To what address? Feedback at bloodyveg.com. And remember, as always, you're listening to The Vib. V-I-B. 